How's everyone doing? Um, we are joining you um, unexpectedly, um, or at least it was three weeks ago, from Canada. Yeah, we made a mad dash to the Canadian border, arrived almost two weeks ago because mm-hmm. we we're technically still in quarantine. Tomorrow's our last day um, because we kind of realized it was probably our only chance to get out of Bolivia this year because of the hotel restrictions that came in both in the UK and then was coming in to Canada too. And so we kind of tried to run before um, they came into effect and we got in two days before we would have had to stay in a hotel for a lot of money. Yeah, we'd originally, um, we thought we were very clever and we'd originally booked for um, the Monday and then uh, about a week or two before, it was announced that the Monday itself uh, was going to be the first day of the hotel restrictions. So we then had to change those flights uh, back to the, the Friday and Saturday. So we arrived here in Canada um, very late on the Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning, really. Uh, and we are on day, uh, as we speak, day 13 of 14 of our two-week quarantine in a little house. Yeah, so it's been it's been good to be back. Um, Mom is quarantining with us, so she's doing all the cooking, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam's enjoyed playing in the back garden, which is allowed. You're allowed to go outside into a private garden area. Mm-hmm. So he's been in the snow, throwing snowballs. Um, and yeah, now we're definitely ready to get out of here. Quarantine definitely. is boring. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, a bit more on that later. For the moment, just for the next few minutes, we're going to return to the series that we kicked off last time, thinking about the differences between uh, so-called hot climate and cold climate cultures. We say so-called because it's a very, it's a very general, um, well, general generalization of those cultures. Um, but yeah, but Bolivia, because uh, someone got in touch with me, someone who lives in Bolivia got back to me last time saying, Bolivia's not a hot climate culture. They live in one of the coldest places in Bolivia. Uh, but by this definition, it is. Um, so one of the things we're going to talk about, well, the thing we're going to focus on uh, right now is the notion of individualist versus collectivist cultures and how we've experienced this. Now, none of this is to say, we just want to stress that we regard some cultures as superior to others. Um, It's simply giving you an insight into our our lives in Bolivia. Yeah, the concept of culture is neither positive or negative. Culture just is. That is what is in the place where you are. It Mm. is what is accepted. It is how people live. It is how people see things. Um, So... Sometimes when you leave one culture and enter another, you can see all the negatives because mm. it's you're missing your own culture. But culture is neither negative or positive. There might be negative or positive aspects, things that kind of maybe affect our moral compass or whatever, but cultural, it's, culture itself is unbiased and you need to learn how to operate within a culture to be able to understand and communicate with the people who already live there. So... Um, in case you don't know, or in case you haven't worked out by now, our cultures, Canada, UK, and North America and Europe in general, are generally very individualist cultures, whereas Bolivia is quite a collectivist culture, uh, a culture where um, the, the common good of the group or the, I guess, the society is placed ahead of individual needs uh, or desires, right? That's a fair way of putting it, would you say? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the ways to maybe give an example um, that helped me when I took the course was the concept of school and the purpose of school. So the purpose of school, as you know, I learned it to be when I attended, was to prepare me to be my best possible self, to you know, attain mm. a career or be able to provide for myself. To have your best life now. Yes, absolutely. In that. a manner of speaking. In a manner of speaking, you know. But the purpose of school in a collectivist culture is actually very different. It's mm. to prepare the individual to be the best functioning member of the group. So um, kind of... Um, using more groupthink methods, focusing on the things that all bind them, things like cultural dances and history are more focused upon than the individual leaving and able, being able to obtain their goal, which is something we saw in Bolivia and didn't understand. Um, and it made so much more sense when I took the course. Yeah, I used to find this quite frustrating, actually. Um, again, I, I came from a context where I taught in uh, Scottish schools. And uh, at one stage in our time in Trinidad, I was offering RE lessons to classes in a local school. Um, and there would be spells where for maybe four or five weeks, I wouldn't be able to teach a single class. I would literally go there every time and they'd tell me just to go home. And the reason for this is because they were practicing their dancing for a big local parade, uh, which took place every year. Um, but they would be doing this a month or two in advance, and they'd be doing it all through class time. And what I considered to be valuable class time uh, in these children's lives was, was, in my view, being wasted uh, because of this. Uh, now, in fairness, it was probably taken to... A bit of an extreme in that school that they certainly were missing out on a lot of uh, teaching time however um that does does give you an illustration of of how that how that works out yeah the the value in education has a different focus the value is to create um a stable group that will work together well yeah. where the the focus on education where we come from is to create a strong individual who will be able to take care of themselves mm. Definitely. So, and this this plays out not just in education, but in other areas that you might not expect. Um, I remember uh, on Sundays, for example, Sunday was kind of our, you know, after church, obviously, it was kind of a rest day. Usually Sunday and Monday we'd rest, and quite often we'd look forward to maybe going out and getting a nice lunch somewhere, uh, that sort of thing. And quite often in Trinidad, at least, I guess it's not happened so much in Santa Cruz, but um, if someone, basically, if someone got sick or if someone needed an operation in hospital, a very common way to raise funds for that would be, they'd call it an actividad, literally an activity. And what, what it would be, would be a massive cooking effort uh, to prepare the food and then sell it uh, on the, the day. And it was very often at a Sunday lunchtime. And I remember quite often on a Saturday afternoon, someone would approach us and say, do you want to buy tickets for this? And really inside, I wanted to say, no, not really. We're going to do our own thing. But actually, uh, the proper response to that, really, they weren't giving you an option. Uh, they were really, they weren't telling us to do it, but it would be very rude to say no. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you're not, you're not um, contributing to the group as Absolutely. a, as a, um, to help the group function as a whole. Now, in our culture, we would say, well, you know, we're doing our own thing thanks but no thanks we have boundaries that wouldn't necessarily be accepted that way in Bolivia would it no no you need to be a contributing member of the group mm. um, another way is I remember like 
you think about church potlucks back home. So everyone brings their own thing. So you get up early, you make your food, or you have a crock pot from the night before, and you bring your food. In Bolivia, in Trinidad, it wasn't like that. It was everyone's going to stay, and we're all going to cook it together mm. as a group. And all the women would get in the kitchen, and someone would have bought the food or whatever, and we would cook it there. Mm-hmm. And you do it as a group. For and hours beforehand. For hours. And everyone... Sometimes days. Yeah. Everyone knew their role. Everyone. Mm-hmm. So she's good at this. She always does this. Mm-hmm. She's good at this. And it was hard to come in as a foreigner and not mm-hmm. kind of have a, a role. Um, and I remember, I mean, we were in Trinidad for nine years. And I think it wasn't until the last year they actually let me anywhere near the meat. I was cooking... I was cutting... Um, green peppers and onions for like eight years before they let me anywhere near the meat i had to prove my worth with a knife for eight years but that was um you know how you work in a group you don't bring your individual dishes you make one meal together yeah and and food in general is a real revealer of this whole thing i think one other way is that a lot of people who have i guess more and more in the west we we have our own dietary needs i guess some are you know, some of those are very serious. Uh, some people, for example, might be vegetarian. Uh, and of course, we would fully respect their choice to, to pursue that. But they might come to Bolivia and they might be presented, well, they will never <laughs> be presented with a dish that's all, there's no meat, right? Or some kind of meat or fish, right? Um, and yeah, I think coming from the West, they would be quite used to looking at that and saying, well, thank you, but I'm going to set this aside. Whereas to do that at, an ev- at a dinner or some kind of big event or party that's been arranged, or someone's just having you over at their house, um, in a culture like Bolivia, it's actually quite rude uh, because it's the notion that people have worked hard for this. Uh, and so to pursue this kind of individualist agenda of saying, well, I don't, I don't fancy it, so I'm not going to eat it, is actually quite disrespectful. Kind of like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, essentially. I don't get that at all. That's too bad. Okay, then moving on. Um, Yeah, I think one of the things that the course taught me was how I've changed as a person. Obviously, I grew up in an individualist culture. um, And when I did the... Although your your culture would be a little bit more groupy than mine. Yes, because Canada is obviously very multicultural. And I come from an Asian background where the group is very important. Um, not so much, I would say, like a society, but the family group. And you work for the well-being of the family. So I probably have come into Bolivia with more of a maybe cult, collectivist attitude, mm. um, more so than Craig. But I was definitely, I definitely grew up in an individualist society. Um, but when I took my test, um, I am by far a collectivist now um, double the score was collectivist over individualist um which yeah makes coming back to places like canada or the uk really difficult i remember going back to scotland last time and um wanting to meet up with people for coffee and this is pre-pandemic so it's not like we had to worry about social distancing and things like that but people i remember like, those days <laughs> there's, there's something familiar about that <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, But it was this, okay, yeah, I would love to have coffee with you. I can fit you into my schedule three weeks from now. Let's, let's schedule it in three Thursdays from now. Outrageous. No, I, and I just came from a culture where we just drop into people's houses or everything is done in the group. So you see each other all the time. So the thought of having to wait three weeks to see someone 
was actually very foreign and actually mm. quite um, nerve wracking a little bit. I was like, you want, you want to leave me on my own? I'm going to be by myself for three weeks. You can only see me in three weeks. I'm used to seeing everyone every day, all the time, working in a group in the foundation, in the church, in the neighborhood. <laughs> what is this? Well, you, were, you, weren't, you weren't on your own. You were with me. Oh, yeah. It's not the same at all. <laughs> so yeah um i would definitely say that bolivia has changed the way you know i see um other people and interact with them the values you have um yeah i'm not i'm not a hundred percent collectivist i mean i definitely retain things from my original culture but it's affected my my view a bit yeah well for sure yeah um yeah, I, I can totally see that. I remember standing in an ATM uh, one night. This was back quite a few years ago when we would get our salary, but we were only we were only really able to access our salary here by withdrawing from an ATM. And at that time, we were doing it from an ATM that was in Trinidad. It was very small amounts, so we had to do multiple withdrawals. And I remember a guy, after maybe three or four withdrawals, this was like late at night, there was no one else. It wasn't like there was a big queue, but he started knocking on the door. And I was really quite offended, I thought. I, he has no right to do this. I can withdraw as many times as I like. Uh, this is the purpose of a queue. He's going to have to wait. And again, it was just a few weeks later, I think, that I did the same course. And it dawned on me, oh, I wasn't thinking of the this the wider group. I wasn't thinking of his needs. I was thinking of my own. Uh, and so that's just another silly example of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what we'll talk about next time. There's hierarchy um, versus a horizontal work structure maybe mm. do that sure talk about the difference talk about our marriage basically <laughs> yeah that would be great on which note let's have some prayer points so um as we were saying at the beginning we've had quite a whirlwind three weeks or so since we uh were last with you um i guess immediately after uh, we recorded that podcast or just a few days after we had our, our Latin Link team retreat, uh, which we I, I guess we talked about for prayer last time. It was semi-presencial. Uh, so essentially, some people were able to make it and some weren't. Some joined us virtually. Actually, um, it worked out not too badly. Yeah. I mean, the tech issues kind of got sorted as the week went on, but everyone was able to hear all the different meetings. We had a meeting in the morning, um, kind of on a study. We looked at the book of Habakkuk. And then in the afternoon, we shared kind of everyone had five-ish minutes to share how the past year was for them and prayer requests. And then we spent time praying for each other. Um, so it was good. There was about 10 of us in person. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, 14 no we're we're total 14 so like yeah four or five plus children or something joined virtually mm. um sam had full-time daycare so him and dina got to hang out for four days which was really good sam did a lot of water sliding as well we were blessed to meet at a place where there's a a large pool with with big water slides or flumes as we call them back in scotland so um sam loved that sam sam uh for the first time debuted the i guess the, the bobsleigh technique uh using his heels and his shoulder blades he was absolutely zipping down that thing yeah so we had a really good time um 
It was socially really good, very relaxed. Um, obviously, we were kind of socially distant. We wore mm. masks when we were in larger groups. Um, but it was still a good time of fellowship and sharing. And um, it was relaxing because it wasn't like overly programmed. There yeah. was a lot of like personal time to just kind of be with God and reflect and read. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really good. We decided to go to that um, after we changed our Canada plans. So there was still kind of stress involved with yeah. um, the organization of our trip while we were there. But it, it was all fine. Yeah, it was. I, I would say it's funny for the, I guess, the year or so up until then. Um, I guess I have I've something of a libertarian streak and the whole mask thing. You know, I would obey where necessary, but, you know, I was maybe I wasn't so careful. Um, my goodness, during that retreat, I... Um, I was hardcore <laughs> and I think we all were I don't think we'd ever felt so paranoid about being touched uh, and such things one, one of the guys got cold uh, on the team was he oh, cool he got sick of some kind anyway yeah alarm bells ahoy because this was just this was now days before we were due to leave so yeah but I'm really I'm really glad as you are that we were able to do that uh, yeah and it has been good for the team as well because we've not really had time like that together as a team albeit not all of us for really over a year, year and a half. Uh, so that was good. And then uh, we dashed back down the road to our house. Uh, we got packed and two or three days later found ourselves in uh, the departure lounge at Santa Cruz Airport. Yeah, I think um, once we knew what day Canada was kind of starting the hotel restrictions and we rearranged all the flights, we knew that we weren't going to run into problems with that because we mm. would arrive before it. But then the big thing was, well, do we actually have COVID and not know it? Because we needed to get a COVID test pre-departure. And so it was like, okay, we're getting tested. And then you have to wait for the results. And this whole time we're like, this is all going down the toilet if we actually have COVID right now. That, that was an interesting story in itself. We actually had some friends around for dinner the night before who we really wanted to hang out with just before we went. And we ordered uh, Japanese, what do you call it? Like miso ramen. ramen soup, right? Uh, and mine had a soy base, which I didn't really think much about as I ate it. But the next morning, uh, with all that salt, I had the the holy sainted mother of all headaches, uh, and we go and you know, and then I go to this COVID test center and have this dude ram a cotton bud right up my nostrils to extents I didn't even know existed. That was not fun. Yeah, we we actually let Sam go first <laughs> so he could be the guinea pig, and then he spent the rest of the time. Be brave, mummy. Be brave. Mm. Um, but obviously they came back negative and we were able, able to travel. I will say that I have never been so stressed before traveling and I travel a lot. Um, it was honestly, I felt like it was the first time it was like traveling in a completely new context. I didn't know what to expect. And in the end, it was probably our smoothest trip. It was incredible. I mean, we, we left Bolivia, uh, the flight left at 11 at night. So potentially there was going to be issues with sleep especially with Sam. I don't think, I, I didn't sleep particularly well. But, you know, that aside, I think we got through, okay, we were my, we were uh, Santa Cruz to Miami, Miami to Charlotte, uh, and then Charlotte to Toronto. Uh, it's very, very hard to get even remotely direct flights these days. So that was our route, but it went really smoothly. Sam did amazingly well. And even like when we got to Toronto, we, we just breezed through uh, immigration uh, and baggage which usually takes a lot longer it was just getting the 
<laughs> it was just the test afterwards that uh, to that added, I guess, another thirty forty minutes onto things. The rapid test, uh, but obviously that was negative as well. So, yeah, we were. Uh, and Sam, Sam was very excited. The first thing he did he, is dash out the terminal and try and find snow, didn't he? At mm-hmm. what eleven at night. <laughs> yeah, I had to drop all the bags because he was very insistent and cross the road with him until we got to a snowdrift. And I was like, you don't have gloves. We don't have proper winter jackets. You can put one finger in the snow right now, Sam. I think it was minus 10. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. And he touched and he's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> this is really cold. Anyway, needless to say, the next morning um, he was up and uh, we were out there uh, in the backyard and he was thoroughly enjoying the snow. And it was great. It's been great to share that with them and yeah you know that as amanda said at the start we have that backyard that's a blessing we're able to get outside uh there and i'd but i'd say all things considered you know i think all of my hair is still intact um we've just got one more full day to go now of this and yeah we're gonna get through we're looking forward to seeing amanda's sister and her family who live just just five minutes drive away they've just they've been within arm's reach in fact, in fact she's been dropping things off for us but we've not been able to see her um so yeah we're looking things to th- look forward to things somewhat normalizing in inverted commas again albeit we're aware that things are still very very different here and even things like church visits i think we're maybe going to get to one church in person uh but apart from that it's looking like it's going to be mostly virtual here which is perfectly understandable yeah, um, we want to get some medical stuff checked out. So we have appointments mm. booked with Missionary Health Institute in Toronto and hopefully we will get something sorted. And then, yeah, that's kind of the purpose of our trip here. Mm. Um, and So just pray for all that. Just pray for, pray for all that stuff and pray for a properly relaxing and restorative time here. Uh, I think we've really needed this, especially Amanda, missing her family. Yeah, I've been homesick over COVID. I don't know why global crisis makes you want to go home. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, but because we had to change our flights and everything, Craig was about to teach a course on biblical contextualization. Mm. And we had to ask the school to move the course a week so that we could fly while he was supposed to be teaching. And then he taught it last week in quarantine from the Airbnb we're in. And I guess that's very Bolivian for the sake of the group. They they were able to be flexible enough to just postpone it a week. Yeah, whatever, that's fine. Um, and so that's what happened. And yeah, so I'm, I'm up here in Canada teaching this course in biblical contextualization, uh, which is a bit weird, but it went, I think it went really well. Thanks for your prayers for that. We, we set that up last time. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I'd quite look forward to doing it again sometime. Uh, so yeah anything else to pray for you can think of um yeah sam is kind of devolving throughout quarantine Mm. i think he can't express how he's frustrated about not being able to get out and see his cousins and do things so hopefully things will kind of get a bit better once we're able to move around so you can just pray for him as he transitions um generally things have gone okay you know one or two hiccups with school but generally Mm. we're doing well yeah, and just pray for, I guess, stuff back in Bolivia. Pray for the church. Pray for uh, the Striders with Latin Link. Pray for all the the Latin uh, the Langham uh, preaching cell groups and things like that. And yeah, just give thanks to God that we can, I guess, leave all these things in in good hands back there and and come here and get this this time of rest. Yeah. Um, so 
if anyone wants to say hi if you're in Canada, um, you have to be in the same color zone as us, is what I understand. But Yes, we are orange. Currently, because apparently that can change at any given moment. We are mm-hmm. currently orange. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we'd love to hear from anyone. That didn't sound desperate at all. Please be my friend. I'm here. <laughs> Someone be my friend. <laughs> Someone apart from my mom be my friend. Okay, on that note, when in Rome, let's go and watch some hockey, honey. See you guys. Bye. For more information on ourselves or our ministry, please visit our website at cromandaham.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time on Los Cunningham. <laughs>